Welcome to the Cause of Brew Show! Yeah! The authoritative punch I just threw. Welcome to the Cause and Brew Show, people! How you doing? It's a uh, oh. beautiful Friday night. Not even Friday night. What, what am I talking about? Cause, <laughs> cause, help me, help me. That is not- I, I, have the, I have like a small flu. I can't do this anymore. Oh, man. How you no, doing? I'm, 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 well, for a guy that, uh, you know, for a guy that uh, has a child that doesn't believe that I need sleep because they get a giant nap at daycare, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I, I really am. I'm a big fan of the idea of giving employees naps in the workplace. Um, it just seems smart. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm not even kidding about that. I feel like naps <laughs> and breaks and, you know, like employees are just too, like, just bombarded. Like, how do you expect your employee to get something done in eight hours a day um, while all this craziness is going on around in the world? Um I mean, I know how fast eight hours goes for me. And you got a phone, you know, that's dinging. Don't think your employees aren't looking at their phones all day. You know, half of them are on Twitter anyway. Um, How do you expect them to get anything done when their brains are spinning like cyclones? I don't get it. I I think that you should be able to get a nap. But I I firmly believe that if if they shortened the work day and got you a nap in, I think you, you might get more done. That's the you know, cra- I, I, I really believe that. It's a crazy less is more thing. And um, so, you know, what we do here at Hoopball, everybody just takes naps all day. And, and everybody loves it. And our numbers continue to grow. And everybody, you know, they get so much done. And it's, it's working for us. Um, I didn't actually implement the policy, though. They just did it on their own. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but as any good employer... You are open-minded, and you let the numbers speak for themselves. Honestly, hoopball is an exercise in letting everybody do things the way they want to do it. And I'm not kidding. It has just exploded. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with me. It just has to do with them. And uh, so I thank them. And you, Cause. You're a big part of hoopball. You, you started it with me. I can imagine. I can imagine uh, walking through the hoopball office, and then and you like tripping on like someone taking a nap, and then like then, <laughs> like you're like, why is he taking a nap? And then Statboy is like, oh yeah, we have a new napping policy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, when you grow like this, it's pretty fun. And uh, there are moments where, like, you know, we've had a couple people who have been on for a while. And I am like, wait, who is that guy? <laughs> but, you know, that's just how it goes. And we roll with it. Uh, big sort of week in the NBA. It, it's And I say sort of because, like, there's just this anticipation for the playoffs. Things are very serious out there. Um, we've seen some great games lately. Last night was good. Um, there was a just a huge, huge sequence down the stretch where you had Luka Doncic just yam on. I forget who he yammed on, but it was like Kevin Harlan's was going well, crazy. Was, what was nuts about it? It was because I forget who was directly on him, but he split. I think he kind of split the. Uh, the uh, screeded role, but what were what was great was that they put Miles Bumley in for defense, <laughs> and then Donkic, you know, they just took Jokic out. They put him in, and then Donkic cruises right by over the dunk. <laughs> and, and then you get Jokic hits the game winner right after that, and uh, totally. 
You know, I thought but, Zeke, Isaiah Thomas, was actually not bad next to yeah, Kevin I Harlan. Was, I thought he was good. I, I watched the last uh, quarter and a half, and um, I thought he was good. Now, is uh, this because he's not ever. Reggie? Like, is that why uh, I'm being this way? I feel like when he started back in the 90s after he retired, I felt he was ascending upward, but then he got into coaching and then he went back into the to the started hanging the, out with Jim Dolan. Yeah, you know, and that's not good for any career that you choose. <laughs> Can so, we uh, take 5 seconds on Jim Dolan? My god, what a week that guy's had. Now, now, what's going on with that? No, I, I know that he he keeps getting that, he keeps getting hit with the gotcha videos. Like there was the the one that hit this week was a fan tells him to sell the team, and <laughs> the, he stops and like he basically tries to talk trash with the fan, fails. Like he's not good at it. So that that's like point one that he fails on. And then two, he he calls over a security guy and he's like hold him for and says the other guy the other security guy's name like basically like trying to arrest the guy <laughs> and you know basically he's like you're never gonna watch a game again you know good luck with that <laughs> so he kicks a fan out and everybody's like you know on him for that and then video emerged of his concert and i believe this was some at some oh, venue in uh some outdoor venue in new york and so he, music. yeah oh, he boy. his band is called jd and the straight shot. And uh, actually, I think this is in Oklahoma, but I don't know where this is. Anyway, this is from years ago. The video is all grainy. Some some Knicks fan took a fan or took a, a sign that said sell the team. So he yeah. stopped his concert. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's not a very positive sign, man. <laughs> then kicks him out. <laughs> Oh, billionaires, billionaires, billionaires. It, it doesn't shock me that he, he doesn't he's not good at talking trash because as a billionaire, no one talks trash to you because you everyone in your circle is either a yes man or something and someone you can fire. So like that's instead of like engaging the person, it's like, ah, oh, we'll just I got money. Let's just kick him out. That, that's that's the best yeah, way to it. He also had a TV appearance. It's like somebody was like, hey, you had a bad week. You need to go on TV now. And <laughs> it was Michael K, I think, out of New York. And so they're asking him questions, and he's, like, trying to pump up everybody on the young players on the team. And then he had, like, in the middle of his, like, how great we're doing with the young players, he had to, like, pick up a piece of paper, and he's like, M -m 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 Mitchell Robinson. Oh, no. <laughs> And I, I understand that as a billionaire, you have a vast empire with many different companies and many employees. But the only reason that you're on TV is because of this one part of your company. And that company only has 13 employees. It's not like they asked you who the, the assistant to the assistant of the trainer was. I'm pretty sure at any he time. He watches every game, I think. He's on the sidelines every night, I think. You should be able to rattle off everybody on your roster any time of the year. You know, like, that's not very difficult. This Ken, Ken, Ken Knox? Ken Knox? We got Ken Knox here? <laughs> Especially when you're going on TV to specifically speak about that team. <laughs> anyway, I, what were we even talking about before this? Uh, that, that I have no idea. Um, but the, uh, the NBA is moving into the playoff, um, you know, 
range here pretty soon. So we're going to talk about the Pacers and the Clippers, what they're kind of all about, what they've done. Uh, do they have a way to get past the first round? You know, I think a lot of people have sort of just put them in this category of not competitive. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about smart stuff. I talk about smart stuff. You know, do you sell high, to quote the great Mortimer or whatever his name was? Um, you, you, do you sell high on a player like Carl oh, Anthony Towns? You're talking about trading places? Is that what that is? Sell Mortimer, sell? That was trading places, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I use the term great loosely, but, you know, it's a great movie, I think. Great movie. It's a great movie. They, 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 that was one that they would always put on in class when they would teach you about the stock market. I always appreciated that. <laughs> little laziness yeah. from the teachers, but uh, I always appreciate that. <laughs> Throw the 80s comedy on there. Teach you about the stock market. <laughs> then um, fake fights. Did you think the, the Serge Ibaka one was a fake fight? No, but it did inspire me. Uh, I mean, we could start there actually because I don't have I don't need much time on this. But here here's my here's my I saw I saw that fight and it wasn't fake. I feel like there's either a lot going on there that we don't know about from previous games, or like I think maybe Serge Ibaka might have something going on in his personal life that just you know exploded there because he was really pissed about some that i mean from the looks of it it's just not that big there was not that big a deal in my opinion oh yeah yeah Uh, this is this is like the third season that he's teed off on somebody yeah so i don't know what it is but but i was thinking and so it wasn't it wasn't fair i think marquise chris seemed a little surprised at first you think And and then, yeah. <laughs> but then he he you know he clinched a fist up and was ready to go. They uh, of course both missed horribly because as gigantic six ten you know two hundred and fifty pound men they've never been you know they don't fight so they were obviously horrible at it. Um, but it got me thinking you know I, that I don't mind I like a fight but what I don't mind what I don't like is the constant dust up where two guys who have no intention of fighting try to look tough and they get in each other's face and everyone breaks it up. And once people come to break it up, they go even crazier. So here's my idea to fix the, the, the endless dust ups that happen. Ooh, I'm, 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 I'm excited. Tell me there to be a moratorium on getting suspended for like, Five like random game. Uh, five random. Uh, Ooh, like they, the purge. Like the purge, kind of. Like they'll just pick out. They'll just pick out a game, and, and I'm not sure what'll be more effective. If they, I think if you have to let the guys know, you know, I think you have to let them know that it's one of those days. Uh, and so just just so we can, and, but in the heat of the battle, I think they'll forget. You know, except for the guys that really want to fight. And so <laughs> what will hopefully happen is when like a guy like Kevin Durant, who's always getting in people's face and who, I don't know, doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to confuse him <laughs> with an MMA guy. I, it would be nice if, you know, he got in someone's face and they were able to light him up, with, you know, and then, you know, just to just to kind of solve that issue, just to kind of solve the Kevin Durant you know, Chris Paul 
you know, all these guys that, you know, are constantly jibber jabbering. Can you again. imagine what they do to Rondo out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think he actually can fight, but. You know, just like you're, when you said Chris Paul, my mind started spinning. Like, who are the agitators out there that everybody hates? Right, right. And so I, I just think that it would be a good thing because what would I? What would happen is once one of those guys got their clocks cleaned, then like they'd be put on notice. So when Harden does it a lot, it's like so then when when they did get these just normal fouls that really aren't that big a deal they'd have to think twice about, is this a moratorium day? <laughs> Do I? Well, I guess then you would. You, you, you could... know, it's with Kevin, like, with, I'm just picturing, this would never happen, but, like, can you imagine Kevin Harlan, like, reading the promo during TNT? <laughs> and it's Purge Week! You know, and, like, <laughs> laying out the competitors. Can you imagine if you drew, like, the Thunder and Steven Adams, you know? Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm you're good. just sitting there as a rookie, <laughs> you rookie. know? <laughs> I, I, the, the fake fights are – the NBA is just great because, you know, obviously nobody's wearing a helmet and baseball people are wearing hats, fo- football people are wearing helmets, and um, you just get to see everything, the emotions, the thought processes. And, you know, like with Marquise Chris, like he basically just walked past Serge Ibaka and talked trash like he was at the local park, you know. Yeah. And Serge was like, I don't do that. You know, and then flipped out, and and it was just kind of hilarious, and 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 there's just an entertainment factor there. So when it's I, when whatever the situation, remember when Kelly Oubre ran like halfway across the court to to shove Kelly Olynyk in the playoffs? That was yes, great. That yes. was great TV. Um, really- I, I, and I. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I just I think a purge week. I mean, I know it would never ever ever fly. Right. But God, it's so enticing. You'd think the ratings would go through the roof. Oh yeah, I can dream. And and maybe you're right. Maybe a whole week would be the best because I think people, if they knew the day, I think they'd be on on you know kind of heightened sensibility. But uh, through a whole week, you might forget a little bit heat of battle kind of thing. You know, I, I think it'd just be really, really good. You know, did, did you did you by any chance catch a? Uh, the interview that uh, Beverly gave to uh, Scott Van Pelt on ESPN. Oh no! Well, yeah, I saw it. It f- flew by. I, what were the exacts? Because it he sounded great. They were. He was talking, and he was. You know, we don't care who we play. I was that. And like, so then it kind of devolved. Like when, like Scott Van Pelt was ready to interview, end the interview, and he's like, he's like, that's it. He's like, come on, man, you got to ask me some more stuff. And like, so then he started doing word association, and he goes, he goes, uh, Lonzo Ball. He goes, easy. I too remember now. Uh, yeah, Pat Beverly's a treasure, man. He's great. He, he's somebody you definitely want on your team. And you know what? That's a great segue because the Clippers are basically in the playoffs. I don't think there's any doubt about you know them. And it sounds like the eight seed in the in the West is all wrapped up. So you you kind of got your eight teams there. Um, the the I took the over on these guys in the beginning of the year. Just looking at their team, they were good, and the number was low. So that you know makes me feel good. Um, you know, a lot of people are surprised about their playoff uh, run here. They're five games ahead of the Kings, so barring a major collapse, you know they 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 got this. Um, they have a really 
unique roster in that there's there's weapons on it, but nobody really stands out. And I bet a lot of people think after the trade of Tobias Harris that you know they were sort of throwing the towel in and and that was that. But really, there is no um, plan for tanking out of balls. Did, that was another story this week. Did you hear about the the in your neck of the woods, GD Bus uh, emails that went out? Um, they were describing Steve Ballmer and. Um, this is like a dispute over <clears throat> moving into um, Inglewood is the best I can do here. I read this article and I thought, wow, that's really very much focused on arena stuff. And I did that for five years. Don't want to read this. Um, but she refers to him as Balls. I thought yeah. that's a great nickname for I, Steve Ballmer. It's Balls. I, I did not catch that. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's it's pretty. Uh, uh, it's it's not flattering for for her. I mean, she refers to getting her brother thrown out, and uh, just you know how it was in the depositions and a lawsuit. So you know they obviously didn't think anybody would be reading this stuff. Right. Um, <clears throat> but you know, balls and and sorry, I just had to work that in there. Uh, balls has really <laughs> balls has injected competition <laughs> into the Clippers situation and. Uh, it's it's just cool to see another competitive team, I guess, that's not really been you know competitive for years. And uh, barring the Chris Paul you know stuff, the, the Clippers have been kind of a joke for a while, and 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 they're running like a team that you know is not crazy. Um, they're currently in the eighth slot, and that would give them a date with the Warriors. But let's just assume that they somehow land either in the seven slot or Denver usurps the the Warriors and they somehow meet in the playoffs. Is Denver the matchup for these guys? Um, I'm I'm looking. It I don't know. I mean you have ideally they're not they're not really they're only, you know, half a game behind six. So when I look at them, if I'm them, I want Portland. You know, the goal, I mean, Denver would, I, I think they'd feel, re- I think they'd feel pretty good about Denver. I think that Denver gives them some opportunity because I feel like Jokic tends to, um, you know, they play out of the high post a lot. And um, I think that a guy like Montrez Harrell that can really move his feet and um, really defend out there, I think would play into the Clippers hands and kind of. You know, I think that Jokic has a tendency to not establish himself uh, closer to the hoop. Um, even the shot he took last night, which he made, I thought was, you know, it was a pretty tough shot that I don't think, uh, I think he could have made his work easier for him. Um, so I think they'd feel good about uh, playing Denver, but really I would I would want to play Portland. I think when you have uh, Patrick Beverly, he can maybe possibly take out, you know, either McCollum or Lillard. And then it's really anybody's ball game, um, because that 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 eight to six is up in the air, and then so is you know three to five. So you're really talking about it could be Golden State, Denver, Houston, Portland, or OKC is <laughs> really um, you know where they could go as far as that first round. But I want Portland if I was. Um, Despite what Charles Barkley says. Well, and, and, you know, despite the last game where, you know, Portland went into L.A. and, and pretty much whooped them up, um, the what what worked, uh, has worked for teams against Portland 
is basically selling out on any sort of screen and roll involving either guard, um, their inability to pitch it to the other guard that's not getting blitzed, um, and, and play the short roll game. Um, they had uh, Mason Plumley running that short roll, and they weren't able to really get it done. I don't know that um, Nurkic is better than him. I think I think that might have actually been something that Plumley is pretty damn good at. Uh, so they, there's a playbook out there already for teams to run, and you don't even have to go to it as much when you've got Beverly because he can defend stuff straight up. And uh, Landry Shamit, Shamay? Shamit? Shamay. If I had Shamet. to guess. Shamay. He, he, he looks like a Shamay. Right? <laughs> uh, he actually, to me, I, I know nobody's going to give him a defensive nod here, you know, anytime soon. But to me, with his length, you know, you, you like that going around screens. Um, you know, I haven't really focused in on his screen work. But um, it, it, to me, watching him, he might be a little bit better than people think. So, uh, and, and then you got Shy Gilgis Alexander as well. So, um, yes. that, that he's huge. And, and Shy actually has been one of the few players that in the league this year that's been able to really shut down De'Aaron Fox to give, give folks that haven't gotten a chance to watch him just an idea about his athleticism and length. So you, you have a way to sort of strangle these guys. Um, <clears throat> I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Trailblazers, Trailblazers are getting no respect this year. And I don't, actually, I think you're going to see this sort of like hipster style. We're going to take the Portland Trailblazers. To, yeah. <laughs> to do something because it seems different and you know everybody's and i i, I want to you know they have i think the difference when i watch them is they do particularly with lillard and mccullum i feel like they are fighting more on defense like i feel like they're not just olaying people to the basket because the quicker they score the quicker we get the ball back which has kind of been their mo particularly as the games become more important. And I feel that this year they are definitely, they feel that that's um, almost like they know if they don't do it, that the end is near for this group. So might as well go big. I I think that, but I, but I think, you know, habits are tough, especially when you have a group like that, that's been together for a while. And even if they injected the team with some really, you know, if they if they if they injected the team with a Patrick Beverly or something, that might be a little bit different. They, and I, they've made some additions, but nothing that I think really changes that culture. And I think in a playoff game, I think that or a playoff series, I think that if you if you press them, they'll fall back into to their comfort zone, which is not playing defense at all. There's that's an, why I'm, another thing with them that's uh, interesting. Just you know, watching the Clippers tear up the Kings all year. Um, Danilo Gallinari is such a weird three. He is going to be able to shoot over people, but he's so big and so big. and and just you know the 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 Blazers have two small forwards that they put out at small forward and power forward and Al Farouk Aminu, who might have a pronunciation for his last name of Amino because like I haven't heard an announcer actually call him Aminu this year. Huh. Which is okay. weird. If if, if, it, if it really is Amino, and we're all figuring out in what year ten <laughs> of his career, that's just weird. Um, Mo Harkless, same size, really. 
Yeah. Um, neither of those guys can keep Gallinari off his line. So uh, no. that's well, a tough matchup. And we got to remember, you know, about the the trajectory of where, you know, a lot of people thought Gallinari was going to be, but then he was rattled with all those injuries. When Gallinari's going, he can light up most guys in the league, and he is such a difficult matchup because he is willing to be really physical and get down low. And I think we kind of, at least I personally thought for sure when you took away that Tobias, Tobias Harris's 20 points, that it was like, where were they going to come up with it? And it's like, well, you know, between Gallinari and Lou Williams, those guys aren't turning down any shots anytime soon. So they, you know, the ball's moving a little more free, but you do have two guys that can just get going and light you up. So um, just, I, I just really like kudos to the Clippers for recognizing a path to stay competitive and put yourself in a good, good place for the future. And they 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 added stole you know Ivica Zubac, mm-hmm. and that that was smart. And Michael Green, you know, for all of his issues, can be a serviceable player. Uh, I'll take five seconds to to give dap to Montrez Harrell, who does everything you would ever want a basketball player to do. Yeah. Um, and then also point out that his counterpart in Phoenix, Rashawn Holmes, friend of the show, Rashawn Holmes. Um, is not on anybody's lists this year, and and I love it. I, I, whoever picks this guy up for next season is going to get a bargain. I always got to throw that in every show. Um, Lou Williams, though, is the one that uh, I'll play devil's advocate here. His game does not translate to the playoffs. Uh, nothing about his clutchness, nothing about his ability. It's just the fouls he draws on a constant basis. Uh, looking at the game that they lost, that box score, 8 of 10 from the foul line, like that's not that rare. You know, he, he can just get to the foul line in the, in the regular season with all of those, those uh, whatever you want to call them, you know, the, the sneakiness of Lou Williams. That stuff just doesn't get called in the playoffs. So um, I always look at him and, and wonder how much he's going to recede during the playoffs. But I, I, if they got that matchup, that would look good. Um, do you think they beat anybody else in that range? Um, they'd have a tough time with the Warriors, but it would be I think the Warriors would not want to play them. I think it would be four very, very tough games for the Warriors. I think it's it's really not an ideal situation. Um, I think the Warriors would much rather um, You're not taking the eight-seed Clippers to upset the one-seed Warriors? No, but I I think they'll be be great games to watch, and I think it can maybe – tear at the Warriors fabric a little bit because the thing with the Clippers, you got to beat them. Like they don't give anything away. They don't give away any possessions. You have to beat them. And the Warriors haven't shown this year that they are keen on just going in and hammering teams and, you know, and, and keeping it consistent. But so if I'm the Warriors, I'd really want San Antonio to get that eight spot because that I, I also feels a sweep, but that's a sweep where the Warriors, Starters will be sitting on the bench for the majority of the fourth quarter. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're, they're getting, if it's either of those two, they're getting out in four, but just four, four very different games uh, for them. So, and this thing um, could jumble up a few different ways. Um, I don't know that I take them against Houston. I don't know that I take them against OKC. I probably don't take them against the Jazz. So, that's, uh, I, I, but I would, I would be, 
I would have a hard time betting on Portland. I, I probably would take the Clippers, whatever um, Vegas is going to give them, and and then go count my money. And you and you really would have to OKC. I also would probably be my second. I would probably gun to my head take OKC, but they're a team because of the way that Clippers play defense and make you work. Doesn't like OKC seem like the a team that's just perfect for taking like like in a game against the Clippers, a tough grinded out game. I see like 25 to 30 really bad possessions <laughs> that, I mean, just like 15 awful Russell Westbrook shots and another, you know, five awful passes, a couple of, you know, five to eight really bad Paul George possessions because he hasn't touched the ball in, in, you know, an ungodly amount of time. I, I feel like they're a team that could, could cruise down the path of just giving games away against the Clippers. So I think that that would be the second, if I had to pick a second out of those teams, that, that they're the ones that I would, because they just, they just are so inconsistent and they, they tend to play really dumb at times. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, hello, Russell Westbrook, and hello, racist fan in Utah, and hello, the reporter that like tweeted out, like, I interviewed everybody in the stands, and they said he didn't say anything. <laughs> Come on, <Yeah. laughs> freaking moron. <laughs> anyway, um, sidetracked. Uh, I, I, the, the Thunder are very interesting, and I look at any team that doesn't have a solution for Paul George's where the Thunder really get in there and, and make things you know tough, because if you can't find a big guard that moves side to side that can elevate, which is hard to find at that size. He has so much, you know, just freedom to, he can, he can beat you one-on-one. -on -one. He can play pick and roll. He can, you know, calm down the offense when Russ is out there doing whatever crazy stuff he's up to. Um, so yeah, the Thunder will be interesting. And the West, again, four through eight separated by three games, three through eight actually separated by four, three and a half games. So that's a, that's, that's a lot of wiggle room there. It's going to make for some good basketball down the stretch because everybody will be jockeying for playoff position. And that will be great. Over in the East, the Pacers are the, the number three seed. So they're kind of screwing things up for, you know, preseason prognosticators that have Philly and Boston at the top. You know, you do have the Bucks that are in, in, in charge with a two and a half game lead over the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors don't seem to care too much about the um, seeding. They've been resting guys and easing guys in and not really um, you know, concerned about catching the Bucks. whereas the Bucks definitely seem like they're gunning for it, at least a little bit. And the Pacers are just under the radar, three-seeding it up, having a good time. Lost their best player, like the Clippers, lost their best player. <laughs> yeah, and nobody, nobody, nobody is saying that the Pacers are in this thing at all. So when you had this topic idea, I thought, hey, that's a good one. Um, so the, the their first round matchup, I mean, assuming if they slide to four or five, then, you know, things could get dicey. You know, they could get Philly sure. or Boston you right. Know, right out the shoot, and then, you know, all these things get tested right away. I don't, you know, think that Brooklyn, Detroit, or Miami, you know, are, are playoff threats. Do you think any of those three teams can beat the Pacers? Are the Pacers so good that they can't lose 
to an upstart team that makes the playoffs? I I, I do. I th- I think that what they do, like the Clippers, is all based in, in defense, and they have actually they have much better um, offensive players. I mean, as a whole, like as a as a whole of their rotational guys. Um, I, I think that, you know, you look at the the Nets, who's the most probably, who's really upstart. You know, I think that there's just no real experience as far as playoff goes anywhere on that roster. Um, the like nowhere, Pistons, right? Nowhere. I mean, Damari Pist- Carroll? Damari Carroll. Okay. Yeah, that's about it, right? And But as far as the guys that, are going to be handling the ball, you know, uh, Russell and Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, yeah, you know, and and I mean Jared Allen, Jared Allen's defense will um, transfer over, but but then also, but so will stupid fouls, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, I, so I, I have a tough time putting my money on them. The Pistons, who is it that they played uh, two nights ago where they were falling apart at the seams? And it was a big game. I think it was Miami. And, uh, you know, they, they need to get that win. Just, you know, they, they're, they're cracking. And they were playing so well. Um, I had put them in the grave, you know, months ago. And they kind of bounced back. But, you know, again, it's always for me about the, the character of those guys. I think that they're very willing to fold when times get tight. And uh, Miami, they're just – they just don't have enough talent. And Dragic has been in and out all year so. Um, yeah, I think the Pacers are if they can if they can hold on to that three. I'd worry I, about I, Miami. That'd be the only one. Why is that? Just because Dwayne Wade, you know, been there, done that. Um, the end of game situation. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of what he does at end of the games, but you know, I, I do. It's nice to have somebody that's taken about five million of those shots. Sure, and <laughs> uh, you know, can talk with other guys about those shots. <laughs> and uh, there, there's some. I think they've found something as well in Miami. They finally pulled Hassan Whiteside out of the starting lineup, which they should have done from day one. But you know, you put all this money into him, and blah blah blah. Um, the Kelly Olynyk and Bam Adebayo combo, I like that. Um, <clears throat> Justice Winslow, the point guard experience is is different, but it's not necessarily bad. Um, right. You know, you have irrational confidence in Deion Waiters. Um, Derek Jones has been doing some interesting stuff. So they got they got like the outlines of something that could work. I'm not exactly a, you know going to back them in that theoretic scenario. Do you, do you trust, or do you think that in a tight game, do you think that there is a decided advantage with Spolster as well? Not after this year. Uh, Spolstra has been weird, man. I remember when he was coaching LeBron in the first year, and and it really looked like there were times that he was over his head. And then in the playoffs, when he was playing, who was it? Was it Mike Bibby? Uh It was Mike Bibby instead of Mario Chalmers, I think. And it was like, nah, that's not going to work. So there was an early stage of his career where I thought, you know, there was just some weird stuff there. Then, you know, he tightened it up and was overachieving and they have, you know, the heat culture. And then this last year was just so bad. I, they, they, if there's any one rotation in the NBA that just needed you to take like three guys and say, hey, you're not playing, it was them. And they just kept 
going to the well with this idea that you can give guys 10 minutes one night and 25 minutes the next and flip-flop the rotations 10 times and, and everybody's going to be good with it. And, you know, it's just not that – it doesn't work that way. So, But I, I feel like with this group – so I feel like this is a group that you should be able to do that. Like I feel like – Like theoretically – well, I feel like because because I know like you know people say that that's not how you can do it, but you when you get together certain guys that you think have a certain mindset, you should be able to do that more than most the way that most teams are constructed. I just don't feel that they have guys on this squad that should ever expect you know twenty five to thirty minutes. Like they they should always expect. I'm looking as a unit when they're playing well. I think they do good things as individuals, but I think I, I look at them and I see like there's serious flaws in almost every single guy on this roster's game. You know, like they, like you could have a lineup out there that where n- barely anybody can shoot. You know, you have guys out there that you need that can't play defense. So I think in theory, these guys are you know a bunch of role players and should be prepared to play. 10 minutes or 20 minutes. They, they don't seem to have that mindset though. Um, and I think that's why, whereas the Clippers and the Pacers do have that mindset. I don't think that these guys do. And I think that's why it's not working. I like think these- you, you could have pulled James Johnson out of the rotation and been fine. And then Hassan, they've been trying like for to, to try to make him worth the money. And, <laughs> He's not. That's a, that's a great way to do business. <laughs> Overpay a guy and then try on the back end to make him worth it. I mean, <laughs> but doesn't that happen everywhere? Like it does. It happens a lot. I, I was on 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 our Kings pod and it's like you know like last year why'd you play Zach Randolph all those minutes? It's like well you know you paid the guy and the the way you got him there was he said you're gonna play all these minutes. And then they're just terrible with him on the floor. And everybody in the universe of Sacramento Kings is like, well, Rad, Rad, Zach Randall's having a great year, you know, and got to give him these 27 minutes. You know, he's helping these young guys. And it's just like this <laughs> self-fulfilling bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, must be, it must be great to be a veteran who was once good because anytime a young guy who plays your position does something well, they give you the credit for it. Like, you know, like the fact that the young guy just might be good and working hard. It's like if you, if there's a veteran on your team that used to be good and a young guy is good, it had to be the veterans. God, <laughs> the, the, one of the one of the local media guys started leaking names that the Kings might want this year. And I was like, oh, God, we're going to do it again, aren't we? <sighs> success. Success is a, is prey that the Kings uh, sprint from. You know, you know, they it's it's so funny, too, because like they they tried to pick up Zach Levine and, you know, it's like they lucked into a lot of this stuff and they, um, you know, they're probably going to have to have that luck again, you know, as they they proceed. I don't I don't think the addition of Zach Levine is as bad as you think it would be. Because I think that you think of him in the Zach Levine that he is. You remember, is. I, you remember that, I was really high on him. 
I know, but I think that he's not been a part of a structure. Like, I think that I think that that they could temper down. It wouldn't be ideal just because you you'd ideally want someone who doesn't need the ball as much. But like, I think that he wouldn't be quite the Zach Levine that he is on Chicago and that he was times in in Minnesota. It's gotten better for him in Chicago since they got rid of Jabari Parker and. Yes. I mean, I watched them really closely in the first month of the season, and like I, had, I they never passed the ball. It was yeah. something really just bizarre. Like a player would get the ball, sort of like in you know you're playing in grade school, and you know you're never going to shoot unless you go get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> so you go get the ball, and like it's like I it's like I got it, and everybody just sort of slumps their shoulders and goes and runs to a spot. Like I know I'm not going to get the ball, so that guy's like, "Well, if nobody's moving. It's definitely my shot." Did that over and over. So, like, yeah, no, I know. I'm sorry. If they had picked up Zach Levine, it probably wouldn't have been good. Um, especially when you've got, you know, three players, you know, already in uh, Fox and Heald and Bogdanovich that you're, you know, are sort of already in that role. So, yeah, no, they're, they'll be interesting. And, and uh, I mean, they were talking, I think the big one they were talking about was Nikola Vukovic. Vucevic was, you know, and paying him max money. And, who? Know, Vucevic was oh, like literally their top one. Then they then 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 they sat they, they cycled through a bunch of bad players. <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. Um but that's how the Kings roll. I mean they they literally like the push for Mario Hazonia internally was, you know, something that made sort of Mario Hazonia the name that everybody talked about for six months. And then um they couldn't get him because New York got him and then New York didn't want to play him because it's New York and it's a Zonia. And so hey, knock yourself out, Sacramento um, Pacers. I'm I, I, I so, so you would worry about Miami out of those three. I teams. guess my question. Yeah. Miami, I would worry about a little bit, but no, I, I would take the Pacers. I think in all three, you know, against Brooklyn, Detroit, Miami, obviously against Orlando or Charlotte, if they are to make it. And then Washington, we're going to talk about bill here in a second, but Washington, um, they're kind of interesting to me. Like the, the whole, like, addition by subtraction and, and get rid of John Wall and sort of turn it over to this group of players that they've got going right now. They're kind of my dark horse to to, to make it to, to sneak to at least make it interesting. And we'll talk about that in a second. But like let's say Pacers get past the, the first round. Do they get a shot against any of these other big four out of the East? Um hmm. I mean, Philly can pretty much overwhelm them with starting level talent, um, but maybe not. I, I mean, you, what you your point about the Pacers that I think is probably most salient is that they're they're just way better than people think. Like, yes. do you think that anybody looks? Does you think anybody knows what, what kind of a year that Boyan Bogdanovich has had? No, I, nobody that, has a clue. No, I, I think that. Sports in general, I think, has been so driven by narrative that it's really – and it's just hard to watch everybody. But people just – I think just hear the name Indiana Pacers and they just think like – Their brain shuts off. Like well, we should probably – let's, let's test it. Let's advertise this as a Pacers podcast. 
you know, they haven't had a good team since uh, Reggie Miller retired. You know, you know, it's just that's the kind of mindset. And they have guys who can who can do some things. I mean, like Sabonis, for example. Exactly. I, I mean, he that dude, I love his old man game, dude. He when he's on is, the- um, you know, he's taken a little bit of a step back. He got, you know, an ankle injury. And then, um, you know, Miles Turner has picked up the pace. So he's taken a tiny step back. But like in the beginning of the year, he was their go to. And yeah. he was nasty. Like, yeah. you start to go, oh, wait, he can't be covered down there. And, <laughs> um, you know, the kind of game he was playing was the kind of game that leaves a dent in your chest. Yeah, and it's and especially in today's NBA where they're switching everybody, a, an actually skilled guy that likes to be down there is that's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> you know, because he's not gonna he does not allow the six five, you know, really frail two guard. They they don't those possessions when that happens, it, it doesn't you don't get away with it. They're gonna go to him. <laughs> I would I would say this for sure. Like whoever they drew. And I kind of wish they'd do it in the first round. So, because if they win a, a first round series, then people might take them seriously, the Pacers, that is. But yeah. I would love to just, in the first round, if they drew Philly or Boston, just take their take them and, and the points every single game and just ride it for, you know, five, six, seven games. And, yeah. and just take that underdog status because nobody's going to give them any respect. And they've got a lot of different pieces. Corey Joseph, you know. Corey Joseph. Yeah, like, he's been there too. I mean, he's not going to cover a Kyrie Irving. In fact, you know, watching Buddy Heald last night, I kind of just got to thinking, like, can anybody cover Kyrie Irving? And not that Buddy's the best defender in the league or anything, but it just sort of like Kyrie like looked at him with impunity and sort of said, "Why are you trying?" And then punished him. It it was really yeah. it was fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think that, but that comes at such a detriment. To, to, to the rest. Else, yeah. he's going. When he's going, it's fine. But I don't know that I ever want a, a game, even if he's going to you know, light you up for 40. I don't know that having games where Tatum and Brown are you know, barely touching the ball are necessarily good for the long run of a season or series. But um, with that being said, I think you know, the Clippers, again, are a team that if there are any slight fracture in your togetherness, talking pacers, pacers, any kind of slight fracture in your unity as a team is going to be something that they take advantage of. So, you know, Boston, you know, definitely hasn't been on the same page. Philly, a lot of new parts. You never know where Jimmy Butler's head's at. Um, so I think either of those teams and, and I, I just and, and they and those two teams particularly have guys that I think would be overconfident. Like it would, I would almost, I would guarantee, I would definitely take the game one for the Pacers, no matter who, who they played out of those two well, teams. Let's do it like this, because so, we got a few other things we got to get to before we cut out. I'm going to give you, uh, you can change your mind by the way before the playoffs start, so you're yeah. not locked in. I'm going okay. I'm to say the team name. You just say whether you're going to take them, take the Pacers over them in a series. So we'll, okay. we'll start from the bottom. We'll go from the bottom to the top. Boston. No. But barely. Phil- I could, I could Philly. S- <sighs> I mean, I, I probably wouldn't, but I, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat Philly. 
So you're, you're kind of close there. Toronto. No. Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a tough one, too, because I feel that they would follow the playoff Giannis game plan. Somebody would have to they really They did not look the, good to me, by the way, against when, the Kings. Like, okay. I, and, I, and, I mean, they didn't look good. I mean, they lost the, the Suns, too. I think that they're still in a place where they're going to lose in the I, regular season to teams. I'm just that talking their offense. And, and I think Zach Lowe had something today that talked different, differently about this. But, like, it was really it was just like not it was actually kind of borderline selfish, actually. But it was it was there was no movement. And it was a lot of just sort of pitching the ball around the outside until somebody wanted to go one on one and get to the rim. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, they're just going to pack the paint in the playoffs. Like, you know, none of you guys are really going to get an opportunity. You know, they'll hug up on your shooters. But, you know, Giannis, you're going to get like a five foot, 10 foot cushion. So can anybody drive against that? That was, that was, that was my thought. Um, so you wouldn't take them against Milwaukee, though? Well, I think they I think that I think they could because I think that, you know, they're a team that has a defensive mindset that will follow the stopping those, you know, those straight line drives from Giannis. I think it would take either Middleton or Bledsoe, I think, would have to have a hell of a series. Middleton's looked a little slow this year, man. It's it's been a weird season for him. One of the most consistent players over the last three years, statistically, like his numbers just don't move. Yeah. And I, Bud yeah, Bud moved him into a different role. And you yeah. just kind of wonder what happened there. Yeah, and and that's I mean that's just he's just gonna have to figure it out. Um, there might be some I don't, who knows maybe there's some nagging injury. I don't believe that there is though. Um, but yeah, it just looks a little slow like, to me. Yeah, I think that I think that the general public though for all of those teams, I just feel like the general public. Even I think even if they agreed that they're gonna get to the second round, I think they all would say that it's the second round would be a cakewalk for the other team. And that's just not the case. Yeah, I was gonna say, your 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 Philly was probably the one that you hesitated the most on. So we'll we'll identify them as as the um, the mark. As the mark <laughs> for for the Pacers here. And then we're gonna quickly we got five minutes here. So we're gonna zoom through what's really like its own podcast. But we, we were talking about this idea of could you sell high on Cat or Beal? So give me about two and a half minutes on what the thought process is there with, with Cat and Beal. Why, why might you sell them, you know, like say before the draft? Well, I think, one, I think you could get, you know, a, a sucker's ransom. You know, I, I just, they've been so all over the place and, you know, with ownership and management and turning the keys over to Thibodeau and they've just, they're just a mess. And I just don't know as towns is what 22, 23 he's, you signed them for the big contract. You have him entering into his prime and they just don't seem like a team that's ready to take advantage of his talent. And he doesn't seem like he's really growing the it was also I, the player that GMs two years ago said that he they then the GM survey he was one the player that you would want to build around. Absolutely. That's a big so ass just, name. Yeah, and and I I just feel like 
you know, if they don't fix their organizational problems, which I don't know how they do, I just feel like you can just get so much for him. You know, if you're if you're going to rebuild, if you're going, I mean, the worst thing to do is to get him into this next contract, and then have、uh, a couple years down the road. Like the whole the problem with the Anthony Davis trying to get traded two years before is it's just going to move up for other guys. Like Carl Anthony Towns is going to start this the contract, see the writing on the wall of how horrible an organization they are, and he's going to go, "I want out." They're going to be like, "Well,、Anthony, well you got, and and you got Glenn Taylor." You know,、uh, I hate to say this, he doesn't look that you know young anymore. So. No. It's it's there's it, it, that's a tough imagine, that's a tough one. Imagine imagine if he if he you know you know passes how the, we've seen. I mean, I don't know if there's anything that devastates an organization in sports than like the owner you know you know dying because there's all sorts of family and divorces and well, this and, and even that. Even in the years leading up to it, there's just this kind of like. You know, you own a team. You're, you know, you got five years to live. You're just like, I'm gonna do this my way. Yeah.、Know? And then you get these kind of, you know, situations where you're clinging to players. It's it's interesting. And Beal, you know, is another guy. I, I kind of more I'm more willing to do it with Cat. I think because I think the 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 haul would be significant. You'd have to like pre-announce it though. Like, you know, Woj says something like. You know,、uh, sources say that you know Minnesota is strongly considering just you know completely kicks re-kickstarting their their、um, youth movement, and you know they're putting Carl Anthony Towns on the block, looking to get a huge haul. Yeah, because I, I think that'll go with well, it. Because I think I think when you do that, I think the fan bases for a lot of these teams will also apply the pressure because.、Mm-hmm. You know they're 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 going to be like we could use Anthony. I don't care about this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this pick and this pick. We can get if we get Cat, we're we're going all the way. Like, you, and、you? I think there's enough to his. Like, I mean, obviously, offensively, he's got all the tools. You know, he he's gonna like right now. Nobody like the the big voices in the NBA, the ones with the big platforms, they would be on board with a team giving up the farm. You know, they'd probably、yep. compare it to Anthony Davis. Huh? And 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 maybe even more because of the duration of the contract that you would be,、um, you know, walking into. You essentially, you're like, I get to pay Cat Max money, you know, to be my franchise player instead of Minnesota's. Yeah, I, I love it. I love aggressive moves like that. And, and you know, with Beal, I just don't know that you're going to get quite as much back because there is a little bit of an injury history there.、Um, I don't think he has the cachet of Cat, which is unfair. I think he's a better player. But,、uh, but so I guess my question is: if you're if you're Washington, you're just gonna you're gonna trust that Beal. He's a, he's a really good player. He's gonna continue to be good, and that you're just gonna just try to make other moves around him. Like I, 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 I just, it's more about the return for me. I don't think they're gonna get. You know, like with Cat, I think you could really demand like a, a lottery pick. Early、oh, lottery pick, you know, another first rounder, you know, get a great set of young players back in return. Like, I, I think you could get a deal for Cat that would be just outstanding. With with Beal,、yeah. he's been on the block, you know,、yeah. and there just hasn't been a big, you know, offer, you know, for him. So, I might look at that and say, hey, you know, you keep him around because 
if you go too far down the tanking rabbit hole, things don't always work out well. And and Minnesota, you know, it's kind of like maybe that's one way that you got to do it if you're Minnesota um, is to tank that hard. I don't know. I don't know. I just I just don't understand the like. You know, I only only brought them up. I I wouldn't get rid of Neil. I I I wouldn't get rid of him. But like they just don't seem to have any idea what they're doing and like i i just don't understand the the moving of like once the moving Ubre, I, I just i just don't understand what they're doing <laughs> you know so nobody understands what they're doing they're the wizards <laughs> there's there are the haves and the have nots in terms of brains and and right? they're they're definitely <laughs> in the have nots <laughs> and on that note we got to go we got to call right. the show here um the, uh, the the show was fun. I wish we had spent more time on copycat bench an- antics. We might have to carry that over to the next show. Yeah, um, you follow us. You, you, I know you got some good stuff there. And actually, bench antics, I think they, they deserve more attention. In fact, the uh, Pacer, or probably the, the Pistons, I just think antics in general. The Pistons are, are so good at winning the tip that they developed the volleyball routine where, oh, <laughs> where, where Drummond... <laughs> Sends it over to Griffin, and Griffin sets it like a volleyball player, and then oh, Reggie Jackson bumps it like um, like a volleyball player. And yeah. Uh, yeah, people got time on their hands. You can follow us online at www.hoop-ball.com and on Twitter. Dot com slash KZANDBRU show. And on Facebook, you got to follow us on Facebook. Lots of great content, content there. www.facebook.com will steal your information slash KOZANDBRU show. Another one's in the books. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>